All right. Well, some of you, you may remember it was a year ago when I last spoke and I was just entering my own personal crisis, if you remember, with cancer. I've got over that. And now this year later, as a nation, we're entering another crisis. And I'm sure we'll get over that. Anyway, come back to the passage. So those of you who are familiar with this passage will recognize it's uh, about the concept of being the servant king. And this is what I had intended to do. But in the shortening of it, I actually saw something else. I saw that it could also be about intimacy, in other words, bonding and the damaging of those bonds. And in this passage, we see Jesus creating intimacy with his disciples and then both Judas and Peter breaking it. So before I start, I wonder if any of you can remember ever being bathed by your parents. <laughs> My mother was my primary caregiver, as was normal in the 1950s, and she must have washed me hundreds of times. But I cannot recall a single occasion. However, I do recall one incident of my father bathing me. And once my clothes were off, he lifted me up and stood me in the kitchen sink <laughs> and proceeded to wash me, talking to me all the time. Now, at that age, I didn't have the language to express what I experienced. But I remember I felt loved. I felt warmth. I felt as though he adored me. It's probably the closest we ever were emotionally. And this was sort of an extreme intimacy. It was beautiful. I was being cared for. And it made me feel very secure. And I don't know if I remember that because my father didn't do that sort of thing very often or because of its special intimacy. But the question I'm going to ask is, were we able to maintain that level of intimacy? And the answer is no. We were both human with all the frailties of human nature. We both did many things to break that intimacy particularly me as a child, kind of what children do, isn't it? And like in all relationships, we say or do stupid things that damage the relationship, or sometimes not doing that causes the damage. But once we recognise that damage, and let's be honest, sometimes we fail to even do that, but then we have to work at doing things or saying things to restore that relationship. So we come back to this, um, this little passage. And the scene is set, it was a meal just before Passover when the Jews, even to this day, celebrate what God has done for them, does do for them. And so there was already a level of intimacy. We are members of a very exclusive club. We share a history, we share values, <coughs> we're sharing a meal. And we share a love of God. So verse 2 then says, The evening meal was in progress. The devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And I, I'm not going to say any more about uh, Judas in today. But other than we all know, I think that betrayal is a deal breaker. So I'll go on to verse 3. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power 
and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel round his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Now, he took off his outer clothing. In modern parlance, this would be like me preaching in my underpants. Now, don't go there. Uh, I'm not for one moment suggesting that you come to church in your underwear, but I am asking you to imagine how you would feel. And I imagine that you'd feel very vulnerable and very uncomfortable. Yet here in this passage, we see Jesus was revealing something of himself. And we could look at this metaphorically as revealing something of, for us, of our character. And we can do this by being honest and open with each other about our feelings and thoughts, bringing our guard down, if you like. We're not so good at that, are we? You know, I know I'm not. We hold back, don't we? And I know I do. Anyway, then Jesus set about washing the disciples' feet. And two weeks ago, Laurie told us of the symbolism of washing feet during his last sermon. So I kind of leave that and move on. Uh, verse six, he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Now, I don't really know what's going on, Peter said, but I think he was incredulous, perhaps horrified that the Lord, this Lord who put on a pinnacle there, was acting like the lowest in society. And there's a great dissonance going on here, isn't there, between Peter and Jesus. And they're emotionally separating at this point and intimacy. <clears throat> Intimacy is being lost. Jesus attempts to recover the situation with something that we have heard many times in the Bible in different guises, which is trust in me. But Peter, being Peter, distances himself further. No, you shall not wash my feet. Now, we don't really know what's going on Peter's head, but it seems why Jesus would demean himself in this manner and maybe maybe there's a notion of I don't need you to wash my feet I can do that myself and if this were the case then we can see that Peter is being self-reliant he doesn't need Jesus in all parts of his life and from my perspective I see that Peter's behaviour is a characterization of our society where independence is treasured. Society as a whole doesn't feel the need for Jesus and to a large extent, we keep an emotional distance from other people. And to use a current phrase, we live in a life of self-isolation. And 
we see Jesus once again tries to restore the situation by saying, unless I wash you, you have no part in me. In other words, unless you allow us to be intimate, we have no relationship. And I think there we have it. Relationships depend on intimacy. The degree of shared intimacy dictates the closeness of the relationship. And so I come to you and ask what you would expect as features that you, sorry, what features you would expect to find in an intimate relationship. And Laurie, perhaps you could open that up. But I've got my script here, so I can't see anyone. So perhaps you could just give them turns to speak if they wish. Yeah, well, thank you very much, John, for that very provocative and helpful, yeah. helpful analysis so far. Uh, yeah. Let's get some feedback. Everyone, if you, if you want to unmute yourself, just uh, click on your mute button and then mute yourself again when you've had your, your word. So my question was, what features would you expect to find in an intimate relationship? Um, love. Love, yes. Closeness. Closeness. Trust. Trust. Openness. Openness. Honesty. Honesty. Loyalty. Loyalty. Hello, Vicky. <laughs> Hello, Vicky. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't greet you before, Vicky. Uh, but uh, other things might be shared values, nourishment. Sorry. I'm saying communication. Communication, mm. yes. And I think we've said quite a lot. And my, my next question, and is my finishing point really is, uh, and it's, I think it's always valid, but maybe even more so in current circumstances. How do we establish and maintain our relationship with Jesus and with each other? What activities would help? And maybe we should ask what hinders? And I was kind of going to leave that with you. <laughs>